Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Malachim Bet, Parak Chaf Dalad, Chapter 24. At this stage of uh, Sefer Malachim, we are sort of cascading down to the National Khorban. And the way that I always remember these chapters is three months, 11 years, three months, 11 years. What do I mean by that? Well, Yoshia was killed by the Egyptians on their way up to the Battle of Karkamish. And when they come back, Israel has already appointed a new king whose name is Yehoahaz. However, um, Mitzrayim decides to flex their muscles and show that they're the boss. And therefore, um, when Paro comes back from the Battle of Karkamish, he removes Yehoahaz from the, the royal position and appoints somebody who is more loyal to him, and that is Yehoiakim, his brother. Um, then Yehoiakim lasts 11 years, and who takes over by that stage? The Babylonians. They also take the first king after three months and exile him to Babel, and then Sidkiyahu is the final king of Judah for 11 years until the period of the Khorban. So three months, 11 years under the hegemony of Egypt, and then three months, 11 years under the hegemony of Babel. We want to talk today about King Yehoiakim, who is described by the Tanakh as Vayas Hashem Kechol Asher Asu Avotav, that he did evil in God's eyes. And not only that, but Pasuk Dalad, He also killed people in Jerusalem wholesale. Filled Jerusalem with blood. And God did not want to forgive. So who is this Yehoiakim? If we go back to chapter 23, we read that... Um, the king, king of Mitzrayim, Paro, king of Mitzrayim, um, issued a tax. He gave Pharaoh uh, silver and gold, but he taxed the nation in order to pay off this fee, this tribute to Pharaoh. Each person had to pay. In other words, as a onesh al haaretz, me'aki karkesef v'kikar zahav, Paro had fined the Judean kingdom, and now Yehoiakim finds himself with a phenomenal debt to Pharaoh, and how is he going to finance this? He's going to finance this from the common people. And this is where we open Yirmiyahu chapter 22, where we read about um, Yirmiyahu entering the gates of a palace which Yehoiakim has built. And it is apparent that Yehoiakim has tried to raise these funds by enslaving the working classes. And let's read what Yirmiyahu says to him. He says, Hashem, So says God, Asu mishpatu tzedakah. Do that which is just and right. 
Ashuk, rescue the defrauder from who he's robbed. Don't oppress the stranger, the the, the orphan. And stop shedding blood. In other words, what, what is happening here is that the debt is not being paid by the upper classes, but it's being paid by overcharging and overworking the lower classes. And Yumiao tells the king, if you actually do this, then through these gates will come other kings, kings of your descendants from the house of David, riding horse-drawn chariots with their courtiers and their subjects. But if you do not heed these commands, I swear by myself, he says, Nishbati nu'um Hashem, says God, that this palace shall become a ruin. Um, very famous um, academic called uh, Aharoni um, claimed that the actual palace where this was taking place, the actual site, was none other than Ramat Rachel, where if you go there to the archaeological park there, Yochanan Aharoni claimed that this was indeed a huge palace of Yehoiakim, and that it was exactly here that Yirmiyahu had issued this word. And he says, um, I'm just going down in the parak. Hoi bonebe toblot tzedek. Woe to he who builds his house without any justice for aliotav below mishpat, and his upper chambers with fraudulent, fraudulent activity. Bre'ehu yavod chinam, you expect people to work for you for free. Upoalot lo yutenu, you don't give him his wages. Ha'omer evneli beit midot, you'll say, I'll build me a vast palace with spacious upper chambers, with beautiful windows, panelled in cedars. Umashuach b'sheishor hatim loch, Will you rule? You are competing with the cedar. Your father ate, the father Yoshiahu ate and drank and did justice and, and kindness and tzedek mishpat. And that's why everything went well. Dandin Aniva Evyon, he looked after the poor. Halo Tov, so everything was good for him. Halohi Hadatoti Nuumashem. That's what it means to know me says God. The second amazing episode which I want to relate to in the story of Yehoiakim is actually in Jeremiah chapter 36 where Yirmiyahu has written down all his prophecies and on a fast day he sends Baruch ben Neriah, his uh, loyal sidekick, his loyal assistant to the temple on the fast day to read out his prophecies before God. Sorry, not before God, before the people, as they come to the temple on the fast day. And in fact, uh, people who take an interest are the, are the, are the cabinet. Pasuk Yud, in Peret Lamed Vav. Vayikra Baruch Basefer. He read from the scroll at Divrei Yirmiyahu, Beit Hashem, in the temple, Belishkat Gamariel ben Shafan HaSofer. In the chamber of Gamariel ben Shafan, the national secretary, Bechatzar Elyon. By the way, the actual seal of Gamariel ben Shafan has been found in Ir David, in archaeology. And this creates a, a, a real sense of trauma amongst the elders of Jerusalem as they hear all of these dooming prophecies of uh, Yirmiyahu. And in fact, what they do is they, they decide that they have to read these prophecies to the king. And 
they bring it to the king, and it says that the king is sitting in his winter house, it's cold, it's Chodesh it's Shvat, it's the middle of the winter, and the fire is burning before him. When Yehudi, who is the clearly the scribe, the the, the, the person who reads to him, reads three lines or four, what he would do is he would take out his razor and cut off the lines and just throw them into the fire. Nobody was afraid. Nobody tore their clothes, neither the king nor his courtiers. This, of course, is a very deliberate contrast to King Yoshiao, King Josiah, who finds a scroll, a doomsday scroll, and his immediate response is to tear his clothes. His immediate scroll is to seek out the prophet, and this stimulates, this springboards, an entire process of tshuva. Yehoiakim is exactly the opposite. He is deaf to the words of the prophet. He is impervious to the uh, messages of Hashem, and instead of trembling and tearing his clothes and turning to tshuva, he simply burns the scroll and ignores it. So maybe now we understand why Yehoiakim didn't stem the tide of the Churban, but rather accelerated it, took Jerusalem on a on a downward trajectory, and that's what we remember about Yehoiakim. Tomorrow we are going to learn the final perek of Malachim, Bet, and very soon we'll be on to Sefer Yishayahu. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, Lehitraot. We're gonna let it burn, burn, burn.